If you were at the, who was at the nativity service before Christmas? Yeah, there was actually quite a lot of us older people. Let's put it that way. And um, you'll know in this church, um, everyone is invited to participate in any role. So this year we had two Marys, three angels, six shepherds, and two magi rather than three. Um, I nearly wrapped a scarf around my head to, so I could be a magi and make up the, the three magi, because uh, they did look a little incomplete. Perhaps next year. The question is this, are you a Mary or are you a shepherd? Because God needs both. And we'll come back to this question later. We're so well versed in the story of the shepherds and their encounter with the angels and subsequent visit to see Jesus that it's easy just to take it for granted. Is that true? Yes. We've heard it so many times. I'm 65 and I've probably heard it, oh, 60 probably remember 62 years, something like that. Um, and some of you are slightly younger than me, and some of you slightly older. At one of the Christmas services, Ian reminded us that the nativity events were real. I mean, it's so often to conflate Christmas, the birth of Jesus, with, I don't know, the TV programs, the snowman, Elf. I love Elf. It's a, but they're, they're all fiction. Uh, and, and, the, and, of course, the myth of Christmas as well. I'm not going to go into that because this is being broadcast. Um, the real birth of the Son of God. Mary and Joseph, the group of shepherds, the angels and the magi, every one was real and true. Herod was certainly real, and he was known for his building programs and brutality in equal measure, uh, particularly when it came to anyone who threatened her position. And I've said this before. Um, one of the, I think one of the Roman governors said you were better off being Herod's pig than his son. I don't know when you first heard this story, and perhaps I can take you back to your childhoods. Um, when I first heard this, I was living in Kenya. So the nativity scene for me, um, the shepherds uh, we've heard about today, were tending the sheep in the big Kenyan sky full of, full of stars. Uh, I was very privileged to grow up there. And... Um, and, the, and I think for me, the, the wise men, or the magi, uh, came from Zanzibar, because that was terribly, terribly sort of exotic. Um, and the angels, well, I think in my mind, they were floating, ethereal, shimmering in the star sky. Anybody else got those kind of pictures? Yeah, yeah. But they're also very real. Now, I've never actually mentioned this in church before, in a sermon, but as a child in Africa... I'm pretty certain I encountered angels. It was one evening at Nairobi Baptist Church, it was probably 1962, and the minister was praying. Now, in those days, um, as children, we were told to close our eyes and pray with our hands like this. Anybody else were taught that as children? Yes, got some hands up. And woe betide you if you opened your eyes before the end of prayers. The problem was that that particular service, as a small child, I opened my eyes. And it was an evening service, only to see the minister, like me, standing on the pulpit with four figures in white robes around him. Um, and they were in an attitude of prayer as well. Um, they then disappeared. When the service had finished, no one mentioned anything. Not a single person. 
I was petrified, actually, that I'd seen something I shouldn't as a child. And I did go to the front of the church to see if I could find these four, I think they were men, in white robes, and they were nowhere to be seen. They completely disappeared. And I think I might have been the only one in that service that saw what I saw. Now, I, I never told anybody that until I was an adult, because I was so scared that I'd seen something I shouldn't have done. But... I think I probably should have done. And I continue to ponder what I saw. Why me? Why me as a four or five, about a five-year-old? Why did I see that? But one of the things I can say for certainty is that I have no problem in believing in Jesus Christ. And I have no problem believing in his miracles and God's intervention in this world, including visits by angels long ago. So for me, the angels are absolutely true. And I think that's true for most of us here, perhaps. The response of the shepherds, of course, apart from being terrified, a bit like me, uh, was to immediately obey the message uh, of the angels and visit Mary, Joseph, and the baby. The theologian and writer Tom Wright points out that they knew they'd found the right place when they saw Jesus in the manger. The angels specifically mentioned the manger. It's a precise detail. Often we kind of, oh, there was in a manger... Actually, how many other babies in that time were in a manger? Just one. And that is further proof that the story is based in reality. It's an exact detail. The shepherds told Mary, Joseph and the others who were at Jesus' birthplace, about their encounter. I don't know. I suppose when people have babies these days, the family's soon over there to see the happy occasion, aren't they? I know when our granddaughter was born, I just couldn't wait to go to the hospital. I was just so eager to see her. And of course, people do come, don't they, after babies are born. And maybe there were quite a few people in in that manger, um, in the manger, in the in the um, in the barn at the time. And everybody was amazed at what the shepherd said, apart from Mary, who treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. And in fact, Ian mentioned this again before Christmas. For Mary, it was confirmation of what she already knew from her visit from the angel Gabriel. The baby she had born was the son of God. The shepherds then, I can imagine the shepherds, they're really excited. They're going broadcast what had happened and they're telling everybody. And they're thanking God what they'd seen with their own eyes. The coming of the saviour of the world. In the final verse of the passage today, in accordance with the instructions given by the angel... Mary and Joseph came to name their baby Jesus. In Hebrew and Aramaic, he would have been called Yeshua, which comes from the verb Yasha, to deliver, save, or rescue. And in fact, the other derivative is Joshua. So Yeshua, Joshua. The Greek translation have Yeshua also listed as Yesus um, amongst first century Greeks, from which the name Jesus is derived. So now you know. That's, you probably already knew that because you're all scholars. Um, but no, that's, and I think that's great because it means Jesus is our saviour. He is our rescuer. And that's why he was named Jesus. So at the beginning of this talk, I asked the question, are you a Mary or are you a shepherd? Mary who pondered and treasured all she heard or a shepherd who broadcast the news of the arrival of the saviour of the world? Now, we probably automatically put ourselves in one category or the other. Some of us are more vocal than others. I am in the noisy department. (laughs) Some of you might consider yourself contemplative and quiet 
and thoughtful. So are you a shepherd or are you a Mary? Well, it's actually a trick question. Because it isn't about our personalities. It is about our response to Jesus, our Savior. And we need to be both. So like Mary, we need to ponder and treasure who Jesus is. We can do this by getting to know better through our Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. And fellowship is vital to our Christian walk. And it's good to have folks on the, on the uh, internet today. You are part of the fellowship too, joining online. Um, fellowship is found by meeting together here on a Sunday, meeting in small groups, meeting with Christian friends. It's very diff- difficult being a lonesome Christian. Who agrees with me on that? Yes, it's very difficult. We do need each other to encourage one another. And I'd encourage everyone in this congregation today to take the opportunity to meet together, to be excited. I often liken them to coals. If you're a coal, probably actually, Bristol's a a clean air zone, but you're not supposed to have coal. (laughs) But you get a coal out of fire, and what happens to it? It just grows dim, and then eventually it just goes out. But the coals together in the fire burn brightly, and that's why fellowship is so important. We need to be continually transformed uh, by our relationship with Jesus. And we need to be speaking of the wonderful news that Jesus came to save us. The shepherds couldn't help themselves but glorify God. And effectively, as one of the books I read said, they became the first evangelists. Many years ago, I had the privilege of spending 10 days on a mission in Gibraltar with Eric Delve, who's an evangelist. Some of you may know him. He, he came to this church with his family many years ago. Eric and his family, uh, we were, they were part of here. And every evening in Gibraltar Cathedral, uh, Eric preached the same message, exactly the same message. I was in the band. I was, re- I was running a band, uh, the, the worship band at the time. But each evening, he held up a seven-inch Roman nail. And he, what he did is he put, it, put this Roman nail on um, with, a, with a piece of white card behind it and told what Jesus did for us on the cross and every day it was electrifying every day Eric spoke with such passion and belief and I never got bored with listening to him even though it was the same sermon I think you get pretty bored if I preach the same sermon every week but every day for 10 days he preached the same sermon and people came forward and people were saved and it was wonderful but we're all tasked to speak of what Jesus has done for us So as I mentioned, we've got another Alpha coming up. And whatever journey, whatever stage of the journey of faith you're in, I'd encourage you to attend an Alpha course. And uh, like Eric Dell's message, as I mentioned, the the video is absolutely great. There's some fantastic stories, and I really feel encouraged. Who's been to an Alpha here? So many of us, that's fantastic. (laughs) And they're great, aren't they? Are the videos great? Yeah, there's some nods. There are some nods. So as we journey into 2023, let's encourage one another to deepen our faith in Jesus Christ. As a friend challenged me once when I said I was growing as a Christian, he said, are you becoming more like Jesus? Hmm. Amen.